Be not overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. Well, what's good? Who is good? God is good. His word is good. Faith is good. Authority is good. Hallelujah. So be not overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good, with God, with his word, with his authority, and with his dominion that has been given to you. Now, there's no doubt that evil is all around us. The psalmist said, yes, even though I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll not be afraid of it. Why? Because my good God is with me. My good shepherd leads the way. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. And so this word came up into me tonight as I was praising God and worshiping God. And that word was peril. Peril. I want us to look over at uh, 2 Timothy, if you would, chapter 4. And this is completely away from what I had planned on doing tonight. But how many of you know the Holy Ghost is in charge? Amen. Amen. We want to just follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And... uh, some of these things that I was saying tonight we're, will fit really well in with either next Wednesday or with our Equip series that's coming up. But praise God, look at Second uh, Timothy and chapter 4. And I, I believe we're going to spend a little bit more time. Fine, guys. Thank you so much. We're going to spend a little time in prayer, maybe even some worship at the end as well. But uh, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. Your word is alive. The spirit quickens us. Glory to God. The flesh profits nothing, but the spirit giveth life. And so we lean on you tonight, precious Holy Spirit, to give utterance to that which needs to be said and should be said. Nothing more and nothing less. And Lord, we give you all the glory. We give you all the praise for it's in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Now notice in uh, first, second, uh, Timothy chapter three, excuse me, I said chapter four, but notice in chapter three and verse one, it says here, this know also that in the last days, of course, you know, the apostle Paul is the author of the book of Timothy and he was saying it was the last days then. Well, praise God. How much closer are we to the return of the Lord? Than they were then. It was the last days then, but it's the last of the last days now. Amen. So he said here that in the last days, perilous times shall come. And I asked Brenda to look up the word peril. And uh, we want to define what that word peril is. Okay, here you go. But I've found the other two. Amen. So the word peril... uh, Simply means, uh, I don't see it, honey. Yeah. That's not what I wanted. All right. So here's, here it is. The word peril is dangerous, jeopardy, risk or risky, hazardous, insecurity, uncertainty, 
menace, threat. So would you say that perilous times are not good times? Perilous times are times when the evil one is running rampant. Now, we know that perilous times are going to come no matter what. But whether they come to you and to me is the question. Or a better way to say it would be, when perilous times come to us, will they overcome us or will we overcome perilous times? Now, I saw something as we were worshiping God. In the last days, perilous times shall come. And men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, and unholy. Without natural affection. Are we seeing that? Truce breakers can't keep their word. False accusers. We're seeing that today. Incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded. Now notice this one. Lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such... Go into close fellowship with. Make sure that you spend a lot of time with people like that. Because people like that are going to really add to your spiritual life. Uh Uh-uh. The Bible warns us about corrupt communications. Or wrong associations. Now, if you were like Brother George and I, we had a lot, lot of wrong associations before we were born again. And some of those wrong associations and some of those relationships brought us down temporarily until the Lord could bring us up. Amen. But we're talking about B.C. We're talking about before Christ there. But after you're born again, the same thing is true. We must be very aware Of who we allow into our lives. Because not everyone out there, even though they may be in Christ, is going to be able to overcome perilous times. And I don't want to be in the same ship they're in when peril comes. (laughs) Amen. So corrupt communications... Wrong associations, they corrupt good manners. In other words, it's not good for you. And that's why he tells us in the word of God to come out from among them and be ye separate. There's nothing wrong with you being separate from certain people, places, and things. What's wrong is being separate from other believers that will put things into you. But nothing wrong with being separate from believers that will take something out of you. Amen. Glory to God. Well, and the Spirit of God lives on the inside of you, and He will witness to you in your spirit who you should walk with. 
and who you shouldn't walk with. Amen. But I saw something here tonight. I saw a major door, a major access, a major entry point into people's lives for peril to overcome them and to take them out. Now, smile a while and give your face a rest. Because we're living in the last days and we're choose to walk in in God's best. Amen. Now, this is not a message of fear. This is a message of faith. But let's just look at, at some of these characteristics. And, of course, you know, if there's anything like this in our lives, we can make the adjustment. Because though peril may come, peril don't have to overcome. Amen. So there is such a thing then as closing the door on the enemy who is the author of all danger. Who is the author of terrorism that occurred in London today. Who is the author of cancer. Who is the author? Well, John 10.10 says, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But why did Jesus come? Somebody help the preacher out. Why did Jesus come? I've come that they might have life and have it more redundantly. <laughs> That's right, Ronnie. Abundant life. Not a mediocre, common, scrape by, get by life. But life to the full till it overflows. That's the kind of life that he came. So let's just take a look at these. And you're believing God with me tonight, right? Amen. He goes on and he said, without that, well, in lovers of their own selves. And uh, that's obvious when a person loves themselves more than they love God, that means they're not seeking first the kingdom of God. And God and his word and God and his things are not even second place, but they're so far down the list that people just kind of go through life doing their own thing. You know, back in the 60s and the 70s, there used to be a song, It's your thing, do what you want to do. I can't tell you who to sock it to. It's your thing. It's your thing. It ain't. It ain't your thing. It's God's thing. It's God's time. Now, if that offended you, get saved. I'm not going to associate with that. I'm out the door. All right. It's, it's, it's a me first mindset. And let's, let's not look at the world in that regard. Let's look at ourselves and ask ourselves, who's first? For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous. What's another word for covetous? Hoarders. Greedy. I mean, everything is just me, me, me. 
My name is Jimmy. I'll take all you give me. <laughs> Boasters. Proud. The opposite of pride is humility. If you'll humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, what will he do? He will exalt you in due time. Have you ever thought that part of God's exalting you is that when peril comes, it doesn't impact you? Pride, the Bible says, goes before a fall. So glory to God. Blasphemers, disobedient to parents, disobedience to parents. That opens the door to the enemy. And think about it this way. You can be beyond a teenager and still have a disobedient heart toward your parents. And that's not just your natural parents. That's your spiritual parents. Amen. Not that pastors or teachers or prophets or apostles are God, but they represent God. And if they represent him properly, they are worth following. And following them as they only follow Christ. But disobedience in my life, in your life, disobedience to the word, it can open up a door to peril. But what's the opposite of disobedience? If disobedience opens the door, tell me what closes the door. Hallelujah. If you obey and serve me, here's what I'm going to do. You're going to eat the good of the land. The land ain't going to eat you up. You're going to eat the good of the land. Amen. Somebody shout glory. Obedience. I think it's in Job somewhere. If they obey me and serve me, they shall spend their lives in pleasure and their years in prosperity. When you are a prosperous person seeking first the kingdom of God, it doesn't matter what weapon may come against you. It doesn't matter what peril may present itself to you. You are going to overcome it because it cannot prosper against a person that God has prospered. Hallelujah. Unthankful. Mario Morello did a message years ago. I can still remember it. The ungeneration. You know, there's the uncola and there's the un this and there's, you know, everybody's undressing and whatever. But might as well be real about it. We're not going to meddle there. But the ungeneration, unthankful. I'm overwhelmed by the goodness of God. I was getting my hair cut today. And I was telling this young gal who cuts my hair, Jenna, really nice young lady. I was telling her about what God's done for us. And I was telling her about something that happened in the 80s, kind of like I did, you know, on Sunday morning. And I thought, Lord, you are so good. And I could hardly wait to get out in my car after my haircut and just say, oh, God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
Then I got to thinking about all the people for all the years, all the decades that have helped us and brought their supply. Many of you. And you're here tonight bringing in your supply. And I tell you what, my heart is overwhelmed with thanksgiving. You know, and I believe that that's a good way to live. Being thankful. Thank you, Lord, for another day to serve you. The Lord spoke to a, a friend of ours. Do you want to increase the capacity to receive from me? And the Lord basically said, just be thankful. Be grateful. Recount. Tell it. Amen. But what does an unthankful heart do? It just closes the door. You know, you know, as a parent, when your kids are unthankful and they're whining and complaining about what they don't have and what they can't do and where they can't be, doesn't that just kind of do something for you as a parent? Like grieves you. And so I do believe this, that an unthankful generation is an open door to great frustration. Mm-hmm. And frustration, the root of it comes from something that a person wants that they cannot get. <clears throat> if we think about what we don't have and can't get, that means we're forgetting about what we do have. That's exactly right. And what you do have always overcomes what you don't have and it will pave a way for you to get what you desire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. So, what do you say we take a check up and close the door on unthankfulness? Yeah. Unholy. Unholy. Well, man, you don't even need to go there. Unholy. If I stand up here behind the pulpit and, and, and preach something that I don't live and live like a scoundrel and live an unholy life, peril will come my way and will eat my lunch. And it's happened to Christian after Christian after Christian over the process of time an unholy life has caused them to walk in the path of the destroyer. And then people wonder, well, I wonder what happened to them. That's none of your business. What happened to another person is none of your business. What's happening to you is your business. What's happening in you. Somebody says, this is a good Sunday morning message. You're wrong. It's a good Wednesday night message. I know the Lord wouldn't have me go this way if it wasn't, wasn't something that's hitting. Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than what? Lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power of them. From such, the Bible says, do what? Turn away. Turn away. Now quickly go over to Romans chapter 8. Romans the 8th chapter. 
So if you want to slam the door shut and keep the door shut on all of those things, be exactly the opposite of what those things are in verses 3 through 5. Amen? Purpose in your heart to be thankful. Purpose in your heart to walk in holiness. Glory to God. Purpose in your heart to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Purpose in your heart to be obedient to the word of God. Purpose in your heart to be a lover of God more than you are the pleasures of this life. Now notice in Romans chapter 8, this is a very interesting verse of scripture. And um, I want to, to look at this just for a moment. Romans 8, 28 says this, And we know that some things work together for the good. No, he says, for we know that all things, what do they do? They work together for the what? For the good to them that love pleasures more than God. To those that kind of lollygag around a little bit and they seek the kingdom of God maybe once or twice a year. But they're kind of on the fence. But all things going to work together for their good. Because we serve a good God. We serve a merciful God. Yes, we serve a good God. Yes, we serve a merciful God who told us what to do to stay off the fence and how to keep destruction from coming to our lives. Amen? Now, don't misunderstand me. The mercy of God is great. And the grace of God is wonderful. But there are things that are open doors to the enemy. And so he says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that what? To them that love God. I've got a question for you tonight. Do you love God? So here is a major key to keeping peril from overcoming you. Love God with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your soul, with all of your strength. And keep the love commandment and love your neighbor as yourself. Oh, glory to God. Being a lover of God means loving one another. And being a lover of God means keeping the love commandment. Oh, hallelujah. Let's look at that love command. Look at John 13, 34 and 35. John, the 13th chapter, the 34th verse and the 35th verse. A new commandment. Let's read it together. A new commandment I give unto you that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. Verse 35, let's get together. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples. If you have love, one <laughs> Oh, glory to God. Walking in love is walking with God. And walking with God is walking in the realm of the miraculous. Walking in love is walking in a place where you will not fail. And, listen to this, where he will not fail you. Glory to God. Walking in love. 
is a place where you will not fail. That means you will not be overcome with peril. And he will not fail you. Glory to God. Well, how does God fail me? Well, in one sense, the protection barrier goes down. That's not a failure on God's part. That's a failure on our part. Oh, but the Lord keeping you. I said the Lord keeping you. The Lord keeping his hand upon you. Oh, hallelujah. That's the goodness of God. Now, when we're walking in love, Charles, we don't fail. Say it with me. Love Love. never never fails. So we could say it this way, love always succeeds. Now, think about this, what, what, what uh, John said in 1 John. He said, there is no fear. What? There's no fear in love. When you're walking in love and love is walking in you, guess what? You have a zero fear level. Hallelujah. Now, fear opens the door to destruction. Job said this. He said, the thing that I've greatly feared did what? He said, the thing that I greatly feared has come upon me. So, if you look at the world today, you will see that the very atmosphere of this world system is charged with the spirit of fear and if you're going to live above fear you'll have to get a revelation of the spirit of faith on the inside of you and a revelation of what it means to walk in love there is no fear in love mm so what's that antonym then for peril? No, I just erased it accidentally. Oh, okay, you erased it. So, class, what's the opposite of peril? It was safety, security, protection. So the opposite of peril is safety, security, and protection. And preservation. Now, does that sound scriptural to you? Psalms 4.8. Let's just go over there. Mm-hmm. Psalms 4.8. Safety. Yeah. Glory to God. We're not living on the peril side. We're living on the glory side. Amen. We are not those who speak and talk about how bad things are. We are of those who speak and talk and act yes. like God's a good God. Amen. 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 In Psalms 4, 8, I ask you tonight, did you wear your shouting clothes? Psalms 4, verse 8. Great verse of scripture. Psalms 4 and verse 8. Look at here. This is us. This is us. This is us. This is us. Who have overcome the world. This is us who overcome 
by the blood of the lamb and by the rhema of our testimony. A thousand may fall at our side and 10,000 at our right hand. But by the grace of God, it is not going to come near you and near me, near this church and near the Bay Area. Because we're prophesying it. We're declaring it. Acting on what I'm preaching to you tonight will cause you literally, not just positionally, but vitally to be the head and not the tail. Above and not beneath. Overcoming, not overcome. Notice this. Here's what we're going to do in about an hour or so. Psalms 4.8. Don't do it yet. If you need to, it's all right. This is a good confession. Somebody says, oh, but I, I toss and turn all night, all night, all night. Okay, you've been tossing, you've been turning. That's been your history. But let's get a new story. Yeah. What, what do you say we get a new story? What, what, what do you say we start out afresh and anew? Amen. Amen. I like what Jeremy said, play sock what? Sock hands? Sock hands? In Psalms 4.8, he says, I will both lay me down. I'm not just going to lay down tonight, but here's how I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it in peace. I will both lay me down in peace and toss and turn. No, I'm going to lay down in peace. Why? Because everything's all right between me and God. I got the door shut. Amen. The enemy can't have a place in me. I refuse to give him any place. In my thought life, in my word life, in my action life, no place, no place, no place, no place. No topography in my life. I'm not going to give him an inch on the map of my life because I know if I do, he'll try to take the whole state, the whole region, and the whole nation. But he can't have it. Why? Because we're overcomers. We're overcoming the peril. Hallelujah. Psalms 4, 8 says, I will both lay me down in peace and sleep. Read the rest with me. For thou, O Lord. Oh, thank you. I think we need to lift our hands on that one. Hallelujah. Oh, Ramasekete Bastaya. Ha ha. Living in the secret place is the safest place. Living in the secret place is where you draw near to him and live in communion face to face. Living in the secret place is not a place of turmoil or a place of peril. But living in the secret place brings peace and joy and great comfort into your life. So dwell there, saith the Lord. Live there and abide there. And surely you shall see not only, not only your sleep be sweet, but your day shall go forth and the glory of the Lord shall shine upon your ways. Amen. Hallelujah. I receive that. I receive that. I receive that. I will both lay me down in peace, shalom, and sleep. For thou, Lord, he only makes me to dwell what? 
in safety. So the antonym, the opposite of peril is safety. Another word that was discovered of an antonym for peril was preservation. Well, let's look over at 1 Thessalonians. Chapter 5, verse 23. Say it with me. I'm not overcome by peril. I'm overcoming peril every day of my life. Man, if your eyes were opened up into the realm of the Spirit and God showed you how many times He spared you and saved you and put His angels all around you, Raul, this building wouldn't be big enough to hold you. You'd be running down a sparing boulevard shouting the praises of God. Woo, the Lord's been good to me. Hallelujah. He not only been good, but He is good and He shall be good. So how shall it be with my people in these last days? How shall it be? It shall be well, saith the Lord, for those who draw near and for those who live in me and for those who will abide in me. So say nothing to the contrary, but declare every day of your life, it is well with my soul. It is well with my body. It is well with my mind and it, it is well with my finances. It is well with my babies. I refuse to call things that I see like they are, but I'm living in the realm of faith. I'm calling those things that be not and seem not as though they were. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So he says, man, I haven't been doing that. Well, it's time to start. Remember, we're starting a new story. Glory to God. All right. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23. Man, this just keeps growing on me. Glory to God. And you all listen so good. Praise God. Some of you are sleeping. That's all right. All right. Look at 1 Thessalonians 5, 23. Here he is. He's the very God of peace. You see, the God of peace makes you to lie down in peace. He will sanctify you. He will separate you completely. What will he separate you from? In the context of this message tonight, he will build a wall of division between peril and you. Sanctify you wholly. And I pray God. This is a, a prayer I pray for you regularly and me. I pray God that our partners, our friends, our minister friends, our family, I pray God. That our whole spirit and soul and body will be what? Notice it didn't say pickled. If you're pickled, you're sour. But if you're preserved, you're kept. Be preserved. How's he going to preserve us? Blameless. For how long? Till tomorrow morning? No, thank God till he comes back. I said till he comes back. Kept intact. Kept whole. Kept sound. So that you can be fruitful in your walk. Till he returns. It's hard to bear fruit if you can't walk. You can pray. But it's hard to bear fruit really if you're not at your best. How many of you know it's the will of God for you to be at your best? Why is that? So you can put your best foot forward in all of the Christian endeavors that he's called you to do. Preserved. 
What's the other definition? Kept safe, preserved. Certainty. Security. Amen. And certainty. Hallelujah. That's good news. I said, that's good news. That's the will of God for you. Hallelujah. We started out in Romans 12, 28. Let's look over there. And then we'll look over at Philippians chapter 1, verse 28. And then we're going to pray a little bit and, and believe God together. Amen? Amen? Just be encouraged by the word. I think it's Romans 12, 28. Where it says, be not overcome with evil, but overcome evil with what? Is it Romans 12, 28 or am I wrong? 12, 21. Thank you, Brother George. Amen. Ronnie, I'm surprised you didn't pick up on that. <laughs> Your dad beat you to it tonight. Romans 12. Romans 12, verse 21. Let's read it together real strong. Come on. Be not overcome of evil. Let's stop talking about all the evil. And let's talk about all the glory. The glory of the Lord's filling this nation. The glory of the Lord's filling this church. The glory of the Lord's filling the Bay Area. Say it with me. The glory of the Lord is filling Washington, D.C. Boy, is that a statement of faith. Amen. Now, we'll close in Philippians chapter 1, verse 28. Thank you, Jesus. Philippians, the first chapter in the 28th verse, this is a great verse, and I'm going to read it first of all from the King James, and I do want to look at it in the Amplified Version, and uh, notice this with me. Billy Brim teaches on this, and all of you know that there was a, another terrorist attack over in London this morning. Y'all aware of that, right? And uh, there was a, a guy driving over the bridge, one of the bridges in London, and he jumped over the sidewalk and started crashing into people, and one of the passengers that was in the terrorist car got out of the car and ran toward the parliament building and shot someone and killed someone. And so, again, terrorism attack in the world today. One year from the Brussels attack. Okay? So the enemy has got an agenda. The enemy has an assignment. But the assignment on us is greater than the assignment on the enemy. And listen, those that are with us, those that are with us are what? More than be with them. And greater is he that is than he. We are world overcomers. So that means we overcome even in the midst of a perilous attack. Now Billy talked about this, and this is really, really important that that we stay on assignment for our for our nation. That we stay on assignment for 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 protection. You know, it's just it's kind of like, you know, the election is over, and, and all of a sudden Christians have started sliding back. Not everybody, but many have just started gliding back and kind of. Oh, this is going on and that's going on. 
All that chitter-chatter is not going to do any good. What's going to do good is praying in the Holy Ghost. Because when you're praying in the Holy Ghost, you are praying, in fact, the perfect will of God. Amen? So it's time to stir up, guys. Philippians 1, and in verse 28, it says this, And in nothing terrified by who? Your adversaries, the one who walks about as a roaring lion. We are not to be intimidated or terrified by our adversaries, which to them is an evident token of perdition, but to you of salvation and that of God. Let's look at it from the Amplified Version. Thank you, honey. And do not for a moment, everyone say for a moment. Do not for a moment be frightened or intimidated in anything by your opponents and adversaries. There's no way that you can live in the no fear zone if you are living beneath your authority that's in the name of Jesus. Do not for a moment, don't give it any place. Be frightened or intimidated in anything by your opponents and adversaries. For such constancy and fearlessness, say of me, God did not give me a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. So many of you know that I, I work out. You can tell, right? I mean, but I have a t-shirt that says courageous. And I get off that spin bike, and I tell you, I am wet from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. And some of those 30-year-olds look at me like, and they see the t-shirt, and they bow down. No. But I think branded on your spirit is the word courageous, is the word fearless. Not fearful. You know what that is, guys? That is a sign. It's an evident token. It is a like a big, oh, hallelujah. It's like a big neon sign in the realm of the spirit blinking. Devil, you're doomed. You're doomed. I'm an overcomer. You've tried to give me your best shot, but I'm still standing and I'm still alive and I'm still working for God. Amen. Okay. It's a sign. And so don't for a moment be frightened or intimidated by anything, by your opponents, adversaries, for such constancy and fearlessness will be a clear sign, proof and seal to them of their impending destruction. Their day is coming. Woo, hallelujah. I'm looking forward to that day when that bottomless pit opens up. Boom. Sayonara. Adios. Buen, is it Buenas Noches? Lights out. It's a clear sign and proof and seal to them of their impending destruction, but a sure token and evidence of your deliverance and salvation and that from God. Now, I don't mean this arrogantly, and I, if it sounds arrogant, I do apologize ahead of time, but not everyone in the body of Christ, believes what I just preached. But no matter whether they believe it or not, 
It is the truth. It is the truth. Not because I preached it. Why? Because we got scriptures. Let me ask you tonight. Did we get opinions or did we get scriptures? And if we have scriptures, we're on safe ground. Amen. Yeah. And so I say that, that not everybody believes that, but we believe it. And there is a solid group of people that believe this way. There's bunches of them around the world. But I think we need to stand up right now.